morning and welcome to our comparison of Harrison Bergeron and 1984. I'm Kurt Vonnegut and joining with me we have George Orwell and Winston Smith. Today we will be talking about my novel 1984 which is about a bland dystopian world full of dangers about totalitarian governments to warn the world against a government that uses propaganda, surveillance and censorship to control these citizens. We will also be talking about Vonnegut's novel Harrison Bergeron which is about a future world of where every American citizen is as equal as each other meaning that no one is stupider, uglier, weaker or slower than anyone. Accompanying us today will be one of the main characters from my novel Winston Smith as a textual support. So Winston would you care to tell us what we will be addressing today? Today we will be addressing the common module of text and human experience with relation to George Orwell's quote from 1984. Our module states that students will learn to more deeply understand the way in which authors embed and represent both individual and collective human experiences in their texts and what emotions and actions arise or can be associated with these experiences. The quote, the choice of mankind lies between freedom and happiness, and for the great bulk of mankind, happiness is better. This quote was used in my novel as it respects the idea that you cannot achieve happiness and freedom together. We will find that freedom has external restrictions while happiness does not. If you choose to have freedom, you will not be happy, and if you choose happiness, you will lose your freedoms as a human. This quote counters my novel as the citizens of Oceania do not receive either of these luxuries. I situate them so that they never know if they are truly happy and so their freedoms are lost. This idea can be associated with the fact that I position the audience to see the people of Oceania as they have lost everything including their humanity leaving the audience to question whether or not they are really living with the loss of their humanity. Many people consider that Winston was the last man in Europe as he was the last one to be taken by the party and lose himself. He was the last man in Oceania to still have feelings and act as a human. In my novel, we have the overlying idea of the fact that everyone has to be equal. I wrote this as a result of the full effects of the large proportion totalitarian governments in the future. Forget sad things, said George. I always do, said Hazel. The fact that Hazel has been crying but did not remember why is a display of their support of the idea of being an average citizen and everyone being considered as the same, which suggests that everything human about this society has been lost, people can't even remember or dwell on the loss of human life. This happens to be a metaphor for the American society at the time. I implemented the idea of equality through the use of of mental and physical handicaps as a way of stopping the more advantage from excelling over everyone else. From this implement, no one has the potential to do anything great as they are handicapped to be equal amongst each other. This overlying idea is carried throughout the novel and is shown in the comparison of Hazel and George Bergeron, as Hazel does not require a handicap due to her personal abilities, while George, on the other hand, was required to have a handicap due to his full potential of overthrowing the government. We will now take a short break. We will be right back. We're back 
with the comparison of my novel 1984 and Vonnegut's novel Harrison Bergeron with the company of Winston. So Winston, can you tell us the overlying idea that I have created for this novel? In our dystopian world, Orwell created an overlying idea that he gave us this world as a warning to the people of the future, as a preventative of the dangers of totalitarian governments and their powers of control over us as a population. In my world, we see the full extent of the government wanting full control as the party controls everything we do and anything can challenge the party's beliefs. We are punished through the torture methods. The government uses propaganda throughout Oceania to make us believe a certain thing and make us act a certain way. Therefore meaning that in your novel and in the quote, from where Winston stood, it was just possible to read, picked out on its white face in elegant lettering, the three slogans of the party. War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. Through the paradoxical slogans of the party, there is the idea that you cannot achieve freedom and happiness together. You either achieve one or the other, and this is represented through the contradiction. As this was plastered up in the streets, I can only imagine how it would have made you feel, Winston. In my novel, I made it be an equality issue amongst the citizens, and everyone is affected equally. In your world, everyone reacts differently to these three slogans of war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength, although you don't have any recollection of anything else. Yes, we are hidden from the truth and everything is erased as a result. We are left not knowing a world differently and many people follow these slogans as they don't know what else to do. Personally, I react differently to everyone else and especially different to how the party wanted me to react. Due to my role within the Ministry of Truth, I come across many contradictions, like with the photograph, having that a part of my memories but erased from the rest. I personally position Winston like this to seem normal to the readers so that they can connect with him and use the double thinker of the novel to contradict the audience as well. By having the slogans plastered everywhere, it impacted the citizens of Oceania greatly as it appeared everywhere they turned and there was no escape. Finding this quote in the street made us as a society think that this is the only way to live and for us to achieve freedom, we need to slave away beforehand. In our society, we are hidden from the feeling of happiness as it would be disloyal to the party and leave us being tortured as a punishment. For instance, Big Brother must be worshipped by all. Anything he says goes and we are constantly being reminded that he is watching by posters and telescreens displaying his evil eyes and the bold words Big Brother is watching, plastered all over the city. Orwell, what compelled you to come up with such a powerful character like Big Brother? As As being a part of this society, it creates fear for us. As a society, to do anything against the party or Big Brother, what gave you these ideas? I received my ideas from the Society of 1949 as the aftermath of World War II had a large effect on everyone. And my ideas sparked from what would have happened if we were under a strict totalitarian rule. Would the effects have been so bad? From World War II, the use of propaganda was high, and so was the threat of communism. Vonnegut, what caused you to write about your controlling society? I was drawn into the ideas of a controlling and equal state, as my novel Harrison Bergeron was written in the middle of the Cold War, when tensions were high between the USA and the USSR, and the threat of communism was high. Having set my novel in the future of 2081, when everyone is equal, it opposes the current society of what we are currently living in.
During the Cold War, there was a large scale of inequality throughout the USA and the threat of communism was appealing to some people as a form of equality amongst everyone. Harrison Bergeron was written as an eye-opener to the people of what the government can do to create equality throughout a society and the full scale of it. Was this the case for you or well? You're very right there, Kurt. Can I call you Kurt? Yeah, that's fine. Can I call you George? Yeah, that's fine. Sorry, go ahead, George. Thank you. I have very, I wouldn't call them communist, but socialistic views. And my understanding of destruction and war is great, which is quite sad. I witnessed the rise of Joseph Stalin, and this, I would say, influenced my writing and shaped my outlook on dystopian societies. These outlooks give readers ideas of what a free country that was ruled by a totalitarian society would look like. As I wrote this novel in Spain, Germany, with the Soviet Union and Communist Party of China at a time of totalitarian governments, they liked to use a thing called an Iron Curtain, which would suppress freedoms of the population and would strictly control the population's actions. So I decided to use it in 1984 to, to create a dystopian society of what a society shouldn't look like. I think because you both went through World War II and experienced the start of the Cold War, you both have an understanding of having the government's created peace by limiting and controlling the population. In Harrison Bergeron, people are physically and mentally handicapped to achieve equality, and for any individual who has an advantage over other humans, it is believed to be unjust. This happens in 1984 as well, with the government arresting people for thought crime, where they would brainwash and torture them, then later send them back into society to fit in both taking away any type of freedom that one person may have and making them believe they are better off without it. That's correct, Winston. Combined, our novels were created as a warning towards the future population and governments of the full effects of totalitarian rule through the strict government control and the notion that everyone in society is equal. You can compare yourself, Winston, to my Harrison as you both rebel against the government as you both want to break free of the government's regulations. I find that Orwell and myself have used the class system, nature and society to portray our negative utopias and to gain control through harsh governments. Winston, could you agree? Yes, I agree. I find that Orwell used my personal experience in his novel as I represent a typical middle class man, meaning that everyone is affected, as I am that representative for everyone. I would also agree that I am similar to Harrison, as we both want to escape this government control. Even though we use different methods of rebellion, we both still do it. Orwell, can you enlighten us on your ideas that made you write about groupthink and using it to brainwash as a brainwashing mechanism? I use the idea of groupthink as a brainwashing mechanism to contradict the reader and the society of Oceania itself, although it really only deeply affects Winston. I use the photograph as a confirming piece of evidence that the party lies to the people and used it as a reoccurring theme as seen at the end of the novel. At the end of the novel, having Winston see the photograph and watch it go into the memory hole confirms everything about the party and their true intentions and effect on Oceania. In my novel, I use mental handicaps as a brainwashing mechanism as it stops the trains of thought. For instance, George is an intelligent man who requires a mental handicap due to his abilities. In the quote, George was queen with the vague nation that maybe dancers shouldn't be handicapped, but he didn't get very far with it before another noise in his ear radio 
scattered his thoughts. I created George in this way, as he is potentially dangerous to the society like his son Harrison. George has thoughts that might challenge the government, and he could be an agent for change. This never happens, as the government has found a way to stop him through the use of mental handicaps ruining his train of thought. That wraps up our podcast this evening. Thank you to everyone that has given up their time to tune in to listen to our discussion concerning the relations between Harris and Bergeron in 1984. We hope you have all gained a further insight into the module of text and human experience with with connections to these texts. Tune in for our next podcast surrounding the craft of writing. Thank you and goodbye for now.